the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Dudley Rutherford, and I'm the pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses here in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Aqua Dulce. I am so excited about our new home right here on KKLA and the 7 p.m. time slot. Thank you for joining me today. Our radio program is called Lift Up Jesus. Don't you love that name? Lift Up Jesus, because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. So whether you're driving right now or listening at home or at work, I want you to join me nightly at 7 o'clock p.m., Monday through Friday on KKLA. There is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. So every day at 7 p.m., we're going to open up God's Word, hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. I want you to know that Shepherd Church is only about a 20 or 30 minute drive from anywhere in this city. We are a multiracial, multigenerational church that is built on biblical preaching, dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you may be going through, children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for kids to adults, and care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or serious illness like cancer. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com. Do you have that? Liftupjesus.com. Thank you for tuning in to Lift Up Jesus with me, Pastor Dudley Rutherford. You'll be enriched and encouraged by today's message. So let's dive right in. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 8. I want to read to you a a rather long passage of Scripture today from Acts chapter 8. I want to talk to you about how God takes your life and your path and crosses it with the path of someone who needs Jesus. If you look up here, uh, when you got saved, we're glad you got saved, and I'm glad that Jesus died for you and that you found the Lord, the Lord found you and you're saved. But after you get saved, after you get saved, God then puts you on a path. He might put you on this path, this path, or this path. We know that God ordains all the steps our entire life. And so you got saved and and, uh, he puts you on a path. And his goal, God's goal, is as you're on that path, he's going to find someone over here who needs to find Jesus. And God's going to cross your path with someone else's path. And at the intersection of where the two of you all meet... At that point, God did that so that you might introduce them to Jesus Christ. I came up with that yesterday. (laughs) First time ever was yesterday. I'm going to do it again. You get saved, and God puts you on a path. And then he's going to cross your life with the path of someone that does not know Jesus Christ. And when the two of you meet at that intersection... 
God is going to use you to introduce them to Jesus Christ. That's, that's a divine appointment. Now, there are many passages. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that illustrate this truth. But the classic illustration is in Acts chapter 8. And I just want to read this story to you. Verse 26 of Acts 8, an angel. Everybody say an angel. An angel of the Lord said to Philip. Everybody say Philip. He's kind of the main character here. He tells Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. I mean, this road is out in the middle of nowhere. It is a desert. I want you to go down that desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all, say the word all, this guy's in charge of all the treasury of Candace, who was the queen of the Ethiopians. And the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now he's on his way home. Uh, the Bible says that on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit, verse 39 or 29, told Philip, go to that chariot and just stay near it. That might have been strange, you know, a guy following you around in your chariot. But verse 30, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He asked this question, do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. The Ethiopian eunuch says in verse 31, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in his chariot. The eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture. This comes from Isaiah chapter 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before the shearer is silent. Now we know who he's talking about, but the eunuch did not understand. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Verse 33, in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? Who is he talking about? The Bible says in verse 35 that Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about who? Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when we think about divine appointments, there's three things that always happen. Number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit was orchestrating. And as we talked briefly last week, the Holy Spirit is preparing, positioning, directing, operating. The Holy Spirit is orchestrating. Getting someone saved might seem complicated to you. Ha! But it's not to God. Because God specializes in the impossible. God specializes in salvation. Uh, you know, if you ever see someone playing chess and you've never played chess, it's different than checkers. Checkers, you know, I apologize if you like checkers. It's not that hard. <laughs> checkers, you know, you just move. You only have a couple of moves and it, the game just kind of unfolds. It really, I mean, there's very little. There is some strategy, okay, but very little. It's like tic-tac-toe. You just start and it's got, the game just kind of works its way out. Not like chess. Chess is very complicated. You've got all these little pieces. First, there's a little pawn, and he can move one step or two steps, and every once in a while, he can move diagonally. 
you've got rooks and you've got knights and you've got these bishops that can go like this way and this way or this way and this way. And then you've got the queen and of course the queen can go anywhere she wants. We all knew that. The king can go over where he wants, but he can only take one step. Right? And if you've never played chess and you sat down at a chess board and someone was trying to explain the game to you, let me tell you, it is a very, very complicated game. But for a master chess expert... He knows all the players. He knows all the moves. And as the game begins to unfold, he knows. He's thinking six, seven moves ahead. He knows how to position every single player on that board so he can win. And in the exact same way, salvation might seem complicated to you, but God uses people, just ordinary people like you and I, directed by the Holy Spirit. And he moves us and he places us and he positions us so that a soul might be one. We read this verse, verse 29, that the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Very specific instructions. And there are times, if you are aware, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. You might think that the prompting is silly. You might think that the prompting is irrelevant. You might think that the prompting has no rhyme or reason. But trust me, the Holy Spirit of God is positioning you so that you might make a difference in someone else's life. That's what he does. Currently, we have a life group. We're in a life group series, and uh, it's six weeks. And in each week you go, you watch a DVD that we have uh, produced here at the church. And you will watch and you will listen to people uh, people's testimonies who got saved and who God uh, put them on a path. And after they got saved and after he put them on a path, they tell you the story of how their life was intersected to make a difference in someone else's life on behalf of God. In the very first week uh, of the life group, I, I mentioned this. I, the first one I watched was a story of a guy named Reuben. And I have never, ever met Reuben. He's been coming to this church for 10 years. I never knew his story. And as I watched uh, the guys in my group, we all had tears in our eyes listening to his testimony. And when I saw it, I thought, you know, because not everyone goes to a life group, I want the whole church to see and to hear his story. After church last night, he was actually in church and came up and introduced himself. So I got to meet him last night. And he was as dear and as precious in real life as he was on this video. I just want you to hear the story of just a normal person like you, been sitting here for 10 years, He was lost, he was broken, his life was a wreck, and one day he met Jesus Christ, and then God prompted his heart to do something. I just want you to hear his testimony here today. My wife and I, we live by a Home Depot, and we would drive by there all the time, and I remember seeing the guys, and we would talk to each other in the car saying, you know, we should do something for these guys. So I called up the guy who runs a day labor camp on the Home Depot campus, and I asked him if I can come by with some food, knowing that I wanted to come by with some Bibles and food. And then I talked to my mom about it, and then she said, Mijo, I, I want to help you in any way we can. Can we make some burritos, some beans, rice, and uh, cheese? And I'm like, oh, beautiful. It's going to work out perfect. So her and my dad are in the kitchen making these burritos, and I had ordered uh, a box of these little Spanish Bibles. And um, it was time to go. So on a Friday... After work, I went to her house, picked up the burritos, got my box, and drove over to the Home Depot. Parked my truck, got the box of Bibles, 
put it out on the on the bed of the truck and got the burritos and just asked the guys, hey, I got some burritos. You guys want something to eat? So some of them were standoffish. And uh, as they were eating, I just started handing out Bibles. I just started giving them out there in Spanish. And I was really amazed and surprised, pleasantly surprised to hear that some of them were already believers and they would thank me for the Bibles and they would share some passages with me. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, this is awesome. And then I saw the guys on the outskirts and I would go up to them and walk up to them and just start talking to them and asking them their story. And I heard some uh, pretty tough stories of uh, things that, that they have to endure, that they're enduring. And I knew I had to just keep going back. When I went to go take this guy some food, and he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he goes, no, 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 come over here. Give it to this guy. He hasn't eaten in five days. And then when I saw the guy, and my heart just broke. So it's not just about being hungry, but it was about them not having any hope. And we knew why we were going there. It was to share that there's hope, no matter what circumstance they were going through. Like I said before, there's so many times where I fight to not share, to not get up, to not say a word. But I know it's God inside of me, Him Him inscribing thoughts in, in my heart to go out and do something. And I know everybody one day or another needs this message of hope. I, I need that message of hope every day. And so I just find myself listening to people around me. And they'll open up to stuff that's just crud in their life that's going on. And I know that I have the answer living inside of me. And so that gives me an opportunity to share with them, share what happened with me where I was in a place one time where I had everything I can imagine except I was empty inside. And I can always start that way. I was empty inside. And when I turned to Christ, He changed my life. And He did the same thing for you. When I watch that video... I think to myself, I have driven by Home Depot a thousand times. And I've seen those guys standing out front just hoping that someone will come by and select them to go do some job that most people don't want to do and get paid a few measly dollars so that they might go back and feed their family. I've gone by a thousand times and not one time did I ever think, you know, I need to stop and talk to those guys and encourage them or give them a Bible. Yet somehow a guy just sitting out here like you've been coming for 10 years who got saved, God put him on a path, the Holy Spirit led him to stop and to begin to minister to people who are standing outside the Home Depots. And it's my prayer that every single one of you here today will begin to be aware of where you are and whose path that God is crossing you with that you might make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. We know that the Holy Spirit is orchestrating. Number two, write this down. We know this, that the Ethiopian was searching. We know that. And all around us are people who are searching now, they might not look like they're searching because on the outside, we all have this facade and everybody looks like they got everything together. But on the inside, deep down, 
People are searching because if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're empty. They will search because only Jesus fulfills. We know, I want you to write this down, look at verse 27. We know this was a very important, everybody say important. We know this guy was a VIP. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says that in verse 27. It says the Ethiopian eunuch was an important, there's the word, it's actually in the text. He was an important official. We also know he was a VWP. He was a very wealthy person. So how do you know that? It's what the Bible says. It says that he was in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He's a very important person. He's a very wealthy person. He's also a VRP. He's a very religious person because the Bible says that this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and now he's on his way home and he's sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. He's a VIP, a VWP, and a VRP. Very important, very wealthy, and very religious person. And yet, on the inside, he's still unfulfilled. He's searching. Where did he come from? Where did this man come from? Ethiopia. Look on a map. Get a Bible map. See where Ethiopia is. It's all the way down in Africa, all the way down by Kenya. He had traveled from... All the way down there near Kenya, he had to go through Africa. He then had to go through all of Egypt. He then got on the Mediterranean coast and he went up the Mediterranean coast into Jerusalem. He must have experienced the many gods and many religions in Africa. He was aware of all those religions. That's where he was from. He must have checked out the multiple gods of Egypt. That's what Egypt was known for, all their gods. He had heard of the Canaanite gods. He'd heard of the Philistine gods. But he wanted to discover about the Jehovah God. So he travels all the way to Jerusalem. It's some 2,600 miles. It's like traveling across the entire United States of America. And he goes to Jerusalem and the Bible says that he worshiped there. He studied Judaism, yet he's still not satisfied. He's returning home. He's still thirsting for the water of life. He's still hungering for the bread of life. He's never experienced Jesus yet. He reminds me of the many people in our culture who've tried everything, yet they're still empty on the inside. We have so many cults and false religions, the New Age movement, we got all kinds of people following false gods, not to mention the false religion of people trying to earn their way into heaven, which is most people. And people try drugs and alcohol, and they try clubbing and fame and fortune, they elevate themselves. But nothing in this world ever satisfies that deep longing of the heart. God created you with a void that only His Son can fulfill. And if you've not yet met Jesus or not yet tried Jesus, then you too are searching even here today. And so this series, even I, have, I've been trying to be uh, hypersensitive. You know, I'm, I said, Lord, who are you placing in front of me? I'm, I'm always thinking that, especially now through this series. I'd heard about a bicycle ride in this town on a Monday morning at 7 a.m. And I thought about going, I thought, no, I don't, I don't even want to, I'm tired, I don't even want to ride, which is very rare, I don't want to go cycling, and I, I, I just need to rest, so I did not even set my alarm clock. I was just going to see how late I could sleep on Monday morning. 5.30, I'm wide awake. <laughs> and I'm going, should I go on that bike ride? 
And I say, no, 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 you, you've been going too much. You need to slow down. You need to chill. Just stay in this bed. See if you can go back to sleep. I mean, within five minutes, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going back to sleep. So begrudgingly, it was like, okay, I'm going to go on the ride. I, I don't know why I'm supposed to go. I'm, I'm going to go on the ride. Uh, that or just lay here in bed, you know, like a fish, you know. So, so I get up. I leave the house about 630. I, I ride out to where the group, where I hear this group is going to take off. And I'm, I'm there. I know a couple of the guys, but I see one guy immediately. And the second I laid eyes on this guy, I knew immediately this guy is hurting on the inside. This is a broken man. I can see it. I can just see it on him. I can see that he's searching. He's covered in tattoos. Half of his tattoos are all, on one side of his body, are all demonic. The other side are all Christian uh, symbols like crucifix and crown of thorns and stuff like that. And uh, about halfway through the ride, this guy comes up next to me. We're going about 20 miles an hour down this road. He comes up next to me. And he leans over and he goes, hey, I hear you're a pastor. I looked over at him. I looked back. I looked up. I winked. And we start talking and this guy just begins to open up his life story. And I'm telling you, he told me some things that I'd never heard. He, t- he told me some things. I will never forget the struggle and the battle, his story, what he's been through. He's been to a thousand different churches. He's tried different religions. He even told me that he got into this one religion where they prayed to a skeleton. And he said, as soon as I started praying to the skeleton, he said, everything good started happening in my life. He goes, and I know now it was all demonic warfare. He goes, I know that I know that that was a false God now, but he said, I, he said, when I tried to break away, he said, everything was good was happening in my life. I was praying to the skeleton. He goes, I, tr- I was trying to break away. I couldn't break away. When, when I did break away, he goes, I knew, I knew that God was delivering me. But even right now, he goes, I'm just, he told me, he goes, I'm just struggling right now. I, I'm lost. I'm searching. I'm empty. I don't know what to do. And so the, we, we went to the back of the group and the rest of the ride, we just, I just rode with him and I, I poured into his life and told him, brother, it is obvious that you have a, you have a bullseye a target on you and that satan is after you and god is calling you and you need to start hanging around the right kind of people and you need to get plugged into a church and start so i i I told him all the right things that i need to tell him that he needed to hear that day at the very end i got his contact information and i said to him i said hey how 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 long you been riding with these guys he goes oh i I, this first time i've ever been here he says (laughs) i go what he goes yeah this is the first time he goes, in fact, I live clear on the other side of town. And he goes, I also, I never ride with a group. He goes, but it was Monday, it was Memorial Day weekend. He goes, Monday morning, I woke up. He goes, I woke up. I didn't even want to ride. He goes, I'd heard about that ride. He goes, I can't, he goes, I can't explain this to you, but something told me I need to get up and go all the way there and be on this ride today. Listen, perhaps you're a Christian here. You're a Christian. You're saved. And you are so preoccupied with your own personal life that you have failed to see the people around you that God has placed in your path. C.S. Lewis said these words. He said, my prayer is that when I die, hell rejoices that I'm out of the fight. (laughs) And that should be all of our prayers, should it not? We should pray. We should have that prayer. My prayer is that I'm so effective and God uses me so much that when I die, that hell rejoices. 
The point is to look around you. People are searching. Listen to me. The same spirit that led you to find Jesus Christ is the same spirit that is bringing people who are searching to you that you might introduce them to Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining me today at Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. You know, it's so wonderful that technology allows us to hear the message of the gospel over the radio waves. But we'd also love to have you come and hear God's word in person at Shepherd Church. I would love for you to come visit our church. We have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Aqua Dulce. So wherever you live in Los Angeles, you can get to one of our campuses in about 20 minutes. Because you know, there's not a lot of traffic on Sunday mornings. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church that is built on biblical preaching and dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you might be going through. Children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for kids to adults. We have care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or some serious illness like cancer. We invite you to come. Check us out during one of our many service times on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Visit our website at liftupjesus.com. That's liftupjesus.com to get more information about our church, our locations, and our service times. If you feel led to support us in this radio outreach, I invite you to partner with us at liftupjesus.com. Would you come and help us lift up his name? Come and help us lift up Jesus to this lost and dying world. For a financial gift of any amount, we will send you our Anchored Bible Study Journal. This journal features a Bible reading plan. There's a page to journal for every day of the year. There are thought-provoking questions and inspirational quotes that will take you deeper into God's Word. Again, you can call us toll-free at 888-818-4777 or visit our website at liftupjesus.com. We would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. And remember to meet me, Dudley Rutherford, here every weekday, 7 p.m. as we continue to lift up Jesus.